What an incredible chapter Romans chapter 8 is, full of encouragement, full of hope, full of assurance. When we fix our minds on the truths that are revealed there in Jesus Christ, we have enormous hope for the future uh, and our salvation. Uh, There's trouble, of course, but we are not cast away because of trouble and we're not separated from God because of trouble. And that's what Paul is going to mention uh, right away now in chapter 8, verse 17. Well, let's read verse 16. The Spirit himself bears witness with our spirit that we are children of God. Sons and daughters of God, as he says in uh, a verse earlier. So we, the, the Spirit is comforting us, reassuring us, boistering us up, um, and uh, telling us, be, a, be of good courage because you are sons and daughters of God. The Spirit himself bears witness with our spirit that we are children of God, and if children, then heirs. We are inheritors of the whole kingdom of God, the whole universe. Incredible. It's hard to even, well, it's hard to grasp at all what that means. But we are to inherit a a magnificent and glorious future uh, in the kingdom of God. And then it says something that throws a bit of a curveball. And if children, then heirs, heirs of God and joint heirs with Christ, if indeed we suffer with him, that we may also be glorified together. Well, that's something of a downer for many people. They they think, oh, well, I was uh, being uh, buoyed up by all these encouragements and promises, and now I have to suffer. But think of it carefully. If children then heirs, heirs of God and joint heirs with Christ, if indeed we suffer with him. Paul, on a number of occasions, talks about wanting to share in the sufferings of Christ. Now, we suffer, we, we uh, think very often of God sharing his sufferings, sufferings with us, um, as indeed he does. In all their afflictions, uh, Isaiah says, he was afflicted. And, of course, the cross of Christ means uh, more suffering than anything one could ever imagine, uh, God's suffering with the human race. He comes as a human being. He takes upon himself the burden of our sins and our guilt, all the suffering of the world, and he suffers at the cross for our sakes. So that when we know, when we look to Christ at the cross, we know that God is suffering with us. But what about our suffering with him? Has, uh, have you given much thought to that? The truth is that when God decided to create the universe and to create angels and to create human beings, he made a decision to suffer because he knew that before he could create uh, a glorious, perfect, unfallen, without suffering human race, it would have to go through the fall, creating human beings with volition, with ability to make a decision and love God freely would also mean that humanity would have the ability not to love God and to turn away from him, as indeed the human race did and some angels did. God knew that. He could have made automatons with no capacity to sin, but no capacity to love either. No, he chose human beings in his image with the power to love by free choice. And they didn't use it properly as we know. 
God knew that in his foreknowledge, and he chose nevertheless to create. Because he wanted to bring the human human race through the whole history of suffering, experiencing God's intervention and blessing in that suffering, and God's way of leading us to enter into a fellowship with him that could never be known, could never be understood if we had never fallen and never suffered. And so we are called upon to enter into Christ's sufferings. How incredibly strange that is. Um, If children, then heirs, heirs of God and joint heirs with Christ, if indeed we suffer with him. Now, you and I are parents, well, some of us are parents, and we've suffered. We do suffer for our children. We see them go the wrong way. We see them make mistakes. We see them go through sorrows. And we suffer uh, and wish we could bear those sufferings, their sufferings ourselves. Well, that's what God is like. God suffers with the human race. And that is what Paul is saying when he says, if indeed we suffer with him. Now, you can make a choice by faith to suffer with God or to suffer without him. You can't make a a choice whether to suffer or not. The choice in this world is to suffer with God or to suffer without him. You know that the sufferings we go through, we know that God is going through those same sufferings with us. Paul says in Colossians chapter 1 that Jesus is the creator of the whole universe and holds it all together. He holds it together in his hands, as it were. It's as if he were the head of the universe, and the whole universe is its body, is his body. And the body, when the body suffers, the mind and heart suffer. So when Jesus is suffering, we are invited to suffer with him. Now, you say, well, how do I do that? Do I go on terrible fasts and uh, uh, go into monasteries and, uh, and live a, an austere, ascetic life? Oh, no, you don't have to create suffering. There's plenty of it in, as it is. As, uh, so you don't have to worry about that. No, what it means is that when we go through our disappointments, our grief over our children, our loss of a job, our loss of, uh, of employment or, or um, a bonus or um, ill health that comes to us and uh, we see no reprieve from it, when we lose relationships, when we are falsely accused, uh, when all kinds of things happen to us, instead of thinking to ourselves, well, where is God? Why doesn't he come through for me? Faith says, Father, I thank you for the privilege of suffering with you. Now that sounds hokey, doesn't it? It sounds bizarre, but get used to the bizarre because that's the truth. If you examine the New Testament, you will see that Paul's fellowship with Jesus is not only that Jesus has fellowship with him in his sufferings, but Paul has fellowship with Jesus in his And it's an enormous privilege. 
And Paul adds this, For I consider that the sufferings of this present time are not worthy, worthy to be compared with the glory which shall be revealed to us. You see, the fellowship we go through, go through with God in his sufferings ultimately leads to the sharing of his glory. We share his sufferings, and he ultimately shares his glory. Eternal life without any pain, without any sorrow, without any tears, all tears and grief washed away, living eternally with joy upon our heads, being in the presence of God in whom is joy. This is our reward. This is going to be the enormous blessing that is going to come upon us as we suffer. Now, don't think of suffering as a condition of salvation. There are no conditions to salvation. Salvation is a gift. Salvation comes by God's grace. God is not saying, I'll save you as long as you suffer with me. No, he's saying, I'm, I, I save you. And now enter into fellowship with me in my joy over you and the suffering I have gone through to bring you to myself. And as we do that, we become associated with Jesus, as it says in Galatians chapter 2, verse 20. I am crucified with Christ. Nevertheless, I live. Yet not I, but Christ lives within me. And the life that I live in the flesh, I live by faith in the Son of God who gave himself for me. Now, what an incredible concept, more than concept, reality this is for Paul. You see, he sees this union. It's a faith union. It's not a mystical union. You don't have to go to a monastery to, and meditate four or five hours a day and eat bread and water in order to experience it. You don't enter into it by a, a mystical, forceful suffering. It's a, an act of faith. You go before God and you say, Father, what you suffer, I am suffering in my little way, you in your big way. And, Father, I thank you that what I go through, you are suffering in your big way and my little way. For I consider then that the sufferings of the present time are not worthy to be compared with the glory which shall be revealed to us. So, in effect, he says, don't compare them. But in another way, do compare them. In a way of contrast, compare the contrasts. Paul is giving us a yardstick here by which we can manage our sufferings. He's saying, basically, contrast your suffering with the eternity that will follow, and that will enable you, as my Holy Spirit supports you, to be able to endure it. We look to a kingdom of God. We look to a new country. We look to a city whose builder and maker is God. You know, there is so much injustice in the world. I was reading only this week of a couple, a man and woman whose, t whose daughter was murdered on the streets of London and her uh, boyfriend was murdered along with her. And this man shouldn't have been out of jail anyway because he was paranoid, schizophrenic and had assaulted a police officer. They are going through immense and terrible suffering that will scar them for their lives. 
But so many human beings want revenge. They want justice. Well, they may get justice by having this man incarcerated for the rest of his life, but it is but it is an unsatisfactory justice, isn't it? Because though they get the mur- the murderer incarcerated, they don't get their son back, their daughter back. But this is different in the kingdom of God, because that daughter and son will be resurrected. And what will happen is that our pain and our longing for justice will be satisfied knowing that God has taken the judgment for that murderer, and God has also taken all the justice upon himself by raising all his followers, all people from the dead. That will be the reality. And so joy will return to the human race. This is what we are looking at. This enables us to endure. We endure by looking to the future, and we endure by knowing that God himself in his Holy Spirit is comforting in our suffer- us in our sufferings because God is going through it with us, and therefore in a strange fellowship we go through his sufferings in ourselves. Well, thanks for joining me today. This is uh, Colin Cook here and How It Happens. And uh, remember that you can listen to this broadcast on the radio. If you're listening online, you can also listen on the radio at uh, KLTT AM 670 in the Denver and Colorado and surrounding states areas at 10 o'clock in the evening, repeated at four in the morning. You can also hear the program on your smartphone. Simply download a free app, soundcloud.com or podbean.com and key in how it happens with Colin Cook when you get there. And if you'd like to make a donation, it would be so much appreciated. You can do it online at faithquestradio.com or send your donation to FaithQuest P.O. Box 366, Littleton, Colorado, 80160. Thanks so much. See you next time. Cheerio and God bless.